the book of James, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. My brethren, have not the fate of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, had not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he had promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you, oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. Now, the Old Testament taught Israel not to regard the person of the rich or of the poor. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 15 reads, Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shall thou judge thy neighbor. Now, God does not treat the rich better than the poor, and neither should we treat Christians in the church differently because of their status in life. Thoughts of partiality are evil thoughts, and if you walk in partiality, you become a judge of evil thoughts. James instructs them to fulfill the royal law of thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He tells them that if they do this, they do well. James showed them that even the Mosaic law condemned discrimination of the rich and poor. To have respect of persons or to discriminate is a sin. And even though they may not have broken the law of thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not commit adultery, they still had broken a law, which is the law against discrimination, and thus were guilty of the whole law. To try to keep the Mosaic law and to fall short in one area made them lawbreakers. All right, let's look at verses 12 and 13. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have no judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy and mercy rejoices against judgment. Now, there is a difference. There is a difference between the Mosaic law and the law of liberty. The Israelites' lives were governed by the Mosaic law, but the believers in Christ lives or their lives are governed by the law of liberty. Now, what is the law of liberty? It is the law of Christ. Jesus says this in John's gospel, chapter 14 and verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Jesus came and fulfilled the law and laid down a set of rules for every believer under grace to follow. For an, for an example, John's gospel, chapter 15 and verse 12 states this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. This is on a higher plane than love your neighbor as yourself. Then James make it plain 
If we walk in mercy, being compassionate and loving to all, regardless of their status in life, we will not receive God's judgment. But whoever chooses to discriminate will receive God's judgment for such actions. One of Jesus' commands to the believer is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you choose not to be merciful, you will reap his judgment for that action, and that is no mercy for you when you need it. All right. Verses 14 through 18. What do it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what do it profit? Even so faith, if it had not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without, without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, in this section of his epistle, when James speaks of works, he is speaking of the works of faith. Paul also wrote about the works of faith. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6 reads, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availed anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. But faith which worketh by love. Both apostles taught that faith must be a working faith. As John Calvin puts it, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. <laughs> faith is a belief in action. If there is no belief in or with action, then faith does not exist. There must be a vocation to go along with the vocabulary. James says, if you tell a brother or sister in Christ who is in need, that you will pray that they will be filled and clothed and have the means to help them and do it not, your words are useless. They are not words of faith. They are not words accompanied by action. Show me your faith without action, and I will show you my faith by my action, by what I do. Confession with actions is faith. For example, if one says that they are believing God to become a school teacher but never goes to college and never obtains a bachelor's degree in education, what will become of that individual? Will his or her confession alone cause him or her to become a teacher? Absolutely not. He must Back his confession with some works, some actions, and that is go to college and receive a degree. Again, faith must be a working faith. All right. Look at verses 19 through 26. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how fate wrought with his works, and by works was fate made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it, was, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye, ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now, we see here clearly that lip service is not the evidence of working faith. Even the demons believe faith without works is useless. Our faith must be a working faith. James uses two examples. 
Abraham and Rahab the harlot. Abraham demonstrated his faith by his actions. His faith caused him to lift that knife to do a thing that he never thought in a million years God would ask him to do. But since God asked him, he was willing to do it. He believed that if he killed Isaac, that God would raise him back up because of God's promise to him concerning his son. God saw his faith by his works and thus it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Rahab believed that God was going to give the Israelites their land and showed it by hiding the two Israelite spies and assisting in their escape. Listen, faith without works is like a body without a spirit. No one will ever be moved to action without faith. And no man's faith is genuine unless it moves him to action. Hallelujah.